Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through, through Friday. Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. Thursday, Point of Contention, with Ethan Sherwood-Strauss and Marcus Thompson, hosted by Zach Harper. Welcome to POC, Point of Contention, right here on the Athletic Podcast Network, part of the Athletic MBA Show. I'm your host, Zach Harper. We have Marcus Thompson. We have Ethan Strauss. Jade Hoy is not producing this week. We've got Tanika Smothers producing for us in this corner though for the five subjects with five minutes each we have the esteemed author the bay area legend marcus thompson marcus when will the oakland athletics start paying you to attend games i'm 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 a professional ethical highly uh integrity field reporter who will not accept anything less than five million dollars <laughs> to ensure to ensure walk-off grand slams in my presence. like <laughs> You're two for two. This is crazy, yo. Like, two walk-off grand slams? Like, jeez. I don't even play the lottery, but maybe I should. Yeah, we, we got to win the lottery, Marcus. It was a cool moment last night. Yeah. It was uh, a cool moment. And in that corner, Ethan Sherwood Strauss. He's the host of the House of Strauss podcast. He's the author of the book, The Victory Machine. Ethan, did you know... That not only there is a Kindergarten Cop 2 movie that stars Dolph Lundgren and Bill Bellamy, but that it came out in 2016. What? That second part is the part that threw me. That The, the first part was, okay, I get a vision. No, the Bill Bellamy part threw me. <laughs> no, but, but, but <laughs> that's Bill why Bellamy still two, makes movies? Well, that's the thing. Once he said 2016, I, I what, what happened to Bill Bellamy, by the way? He, he was really getting a good run in the late 90s to early 2000s. I, I need answers, Zach. I need answers. Man, get out of here. Give me one Bill Bellamy movie. Actually, he probably how to only be a, had How one. to be a player. How to be a player. You, no, that wasn't it. That's him. That's him. He carried that but movie. He, see, did you see that? Did you see that uh, in that uncertainty in Ethan's voice? No. Like Zach, Zach was like, that's it. He's like, No, uh, that's uh, you projecting. Uh, I, I came uh, in immediately uh, with that. Did you hear Zach? Did you no. hear Zach? All you right. heard it. You heard his oh, one to Marcus. Is, All this right. This is complete falseness. This is Marcus making a point that wasn't true and then trying to try to accuse me of something to distract from it, that there was no Bill Bellamy. Zach vehicle. was right away. No, it was, was him. Right it was a Man, smoke you, bomb. You had, Marcus threw a smoke you bomb. You had that La Jolla pause. The La Jolla pause. Am I sure? Yeah. <laughs> Ethan, in these times, you can't afford not to agree with Marcus on this. Ah! All right. <laughs> Tanika, start the clock. Subject number one. Ouch, my knee. Guys, I suffer from chronic knee pain. It's terrible. Walking downhill or downstairs, it feels like needles in my meniscus. But this isn't about me and my long-term suffering. This is about Jonathan Isaac, and it's about Jaron Jackson Jr., two very promising young players. After refusing to kneel for the Black Lives Matter demonstration on the court, uh, Jonathan Isaac blew out his ACL up 20 in a win over the Kings. Then on Tuesday, the Grizzlies announced that Jaron Jackson Jr. has torn his meniscus and is out for the remainder of the season as the team keeps piling up losses in the bubble. The concern of players like Zion being given extended minutes uh, because sh- soft tissue I- injuries can happen has been running rampant in this, and it's why his minutes are limited. So, with Isaac and Triple J as the two big injuries so far, Marcus, my question to you. Is the bubble working for protecting players and these injuries with such a quick restart? I'm sorry. Do they have COVID-19? Because the bubble is not preventing ligament tears. It is supposed to prevent COVID-19. There are injuries 
every year. We always go through this. Then we're talking about rest. And then Tom Haberstroh essentially puts out his rest report, right? And then we're talking about uh, load management. Like, injuries have been part of it. If they don't have COVID, the bubble's working. That's the barometer, and I'm sticking to that. To a degree. I Look, this is not... This is not uh, a decisive. I don't even know how to dress it up in a first takey manner of, I don't know. It, it, that's not a, an answer that the public wants. You want something decisive. Here's what I would say. Too early to tell. Too small a sample size. We assumed that there might be some soft tissue injuries. We knew that there would be some risk. What Marcus is saying, I think, has a lot of validity. But to a point, if it starts to get crazy, then that changes the dynamic. You know, if it's just... Uh, Jonathan Isaac and Jaron Jackson Jr. and maybe one or two other injuries happen as happens whenever the NBA returns. We all remember Gordon Hayward having that brutal leg break on opening night in a regular normal season. Um, but if it starts piling up, then, you know, there there is a degree. There is an amount of injuries at what point or at which point we will have to say this is too much. This is risky. I just think that we're far from that point. Nah, I don't. I don't even think it's the amount. It's the uh, two. It's don't, who it happens no to. It's yeah. It's absolutely. <laughs> it could be fifty-eight ACL tears, yeah. and if it's not like a superstar, nobody will care. Yeah. Spare me. Yeah, it, with it, this could be, full it could be. It could be. It could be a hundred Ursan. A hundred Ursan Ilyasovas. Uh, <laughs> LeBron better not okay, sprain his ankle. Then we take it down the whole bubble. Yeah. Marcus, let me ask you a question. Who do you take in a fight? Two Zion Williamses or one hundred Irsan Ilyasovas. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm going with two dudes with Z carved in the side of his head. Like, give me, <laughs> give me, give me, give me that all day. Well, let, Marcus, After, especially Marcus, Zion, fresh back from outside, right? The right. Zion who put on some weight. Like, yeah, he going he could take some punches too. Well, Marcus, let me ask you this though. I, I think you guys are right. It does matter who is getting injured, but these are two very good, young, promising players, and the concern with not having a lot of lead-up time to get back on the court, which I think a lot of people w- would agree that's what this was in terms of getting them properly trained, it does lead to soft tissue injuries. So why shouldn't the NBA be held more c- culpable for this? I'm sorry. They, they're professional athletes who get paid. I mean, Marcus, I I, I, Ethan, I, I, is Marcus going to get, they get paid millions of dollars? Yeah, and, and I gotta say, yeah, I agree. I okay, folks, oh look, I hear, I hear soft, and I hear tissue, I hear they're soft, and they need some tissues, because they're crying. Get on the court. You don't have COVID, you don't got a problem. Play ball. Radio Ethan, do they need uh, a clean bill of health or Kleenex for the soft tissue? Oh, see, you'd be good at the Radio Ethan thing. That's pretty good. By the way, I was looking up Ursan Ilyasova trying to see if he had some sort of fighting background. Apparently, his wife is named Julia Ilyasova. That is quite a name. That's a good name. It sort of reminds me of Julia Gulia from The Wedding Scene. It's got a nice nice ring to it. Yep. No, no, seriously, uh, like, obviously, they need to take the necessary precautions, but some of this has to do with being in shape. And it was it was tough in COVID. It was tough in this pandemic. But in the end, we're we're acting like we actually are going to care about this. We won't, man. If the stars play and the competition is there, it's not like we haven't seen these crazy amounts of injuries before. And they should be getting sleep in the bubble, right, Tom Habershow? Mm. Ethan, one final question on this. Is the NBA under fire for this, or is Tom Haverstrow under fire for this? Oh, Tom's always under fire. I think his okay. reputation is perpetually hanging by a thread, and we can only hope 
that he makes it. Subject number two. For ESPN, Zach Lowe wrote about one of the biggest fights currently in the NBA. It's not over testing, and it's not over safety, and not, it's not over upcoming money. Yet, it's about team polos. Some coaches love the team polo during a game instead of these stuffy suits. They get to feel free to move. Eric Spolstra mentioned that he hates wearing dress shoes while coaching. Just like I've never understood a baseball manager wearing a uniform, I equally have never understood an NBA coach wearing a suit. Ethan, we'll start with you. Should coaches get a dress code change on the sideline? You're talking about when life returns to normal. Um, or this is maybe what we need to do in the future, right? That we, we ditch the suit. Um, yes. It, it could solve a problem, a very niche problem. Uh, so <laughs> coaches have this issue where... Uh, in the arena, there is a little coach's locker room, and it is fit for maybe a couple of coaches. But, of course, coaching staffs have expanded dramatically as these richer owners have taken over teams, and they're looking for any kind of comparative advantage they can get. So it's created a problem where they show up to the arena, and they're elbowing each other, and it looks like a clown car as they're trying to get their suits on back there. Just being able to show up with a polo could simplify everything for the coaches. But here's the issue. Here's the downside. What about the gravitas, right? What about trying to look like you know what you're doing? You might run a play for Brad Stevens when he's wearing that slick suit, but if he's in a polo, I I, I don't know. I don't know. He just looks – he might look like a boy. It, it just – it might not work. I think some coaches need the gravitas of the suit. I, I got to say too, you know, Bill Parcells, football coach, so he never wore a suit, but certain attire can really ruin the mystique. I just remember seeing Bill Parcells – in hard knocks, in a polo, uh, really flaunting some, I mean, Marcus might have used the word in the pre-show that we can't quote, but uh, it ruined Bill Parcells for me is the, the point of what I'm saying. It wow. just ruined it right okay. there. He was ruined. So Big now we're, tuna. They were, were body shaming Bill Parcells. Well, look, it, it, I'm not trying to body shame. I'm just trying to be honest, okay? I'm just trying to be honest that the way he was dressed, it wasn't just about the body. It was the whole thing. It ruined Bill Parcells for me, and I bet it ruined it for the Cowboys, which is why they didn't play well. So there, there are risks to consider here. Marcus, I, I didn't Marcus, know, you I love, didn't know you Bill love... Parcells was a sex symbol that disappointed Ethan. <laughs> we're learning new things on point of contention every single week. Uh, Marcus, you love wearing a suit to an, to an arena, right? Are you pro coaches staying dressed to the nines? L- listen here. Check this out. This is, the, this is exactly... The, the very white supremacist structure that we've been rallying about, What's right? The, 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 Polo shirts? the situation, right? The, the, the faultiness in the, the, I mean, just the insanity that we're talking about right now underscores the pandemic and systemic issues that have oppressed the African diaspora for the entirety of our time on this continental American you states, I'm right? right now. What I'm trying to say is you, Zach. Where's this going? Oh, 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 because 70% of the coaches are white. They don't get a dress code. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody was with the dress code when it was the black kids, huh? Okay, Iverson, you can't show up in a jersey and chain, put a jacket on. But hey, oh yeah, no, Greg Popovich, go ahead and tuck in your polo, buddy. No. Put a suit on, coach. Put a tie on. Be a professional. 
I'm not for this walking around treating it like summer league. This is your job. This is not summer league. We're not at Las Vegas. This is not the Thomas and Mack Center. <laughs> there aren't like kids running around on the sideline. This is a professional NBA game. <laughs> These players are busting their butt playing hard defense in the bubble. They're trying to make this work. And you chilling in a polo? <laughs> are you serious, Eric Spostra? Come on, you you one of the great coaches in the game. Stop stop treating this as if this is like an after school program, buddy. <laughs> Put on a suit. Nobody hey, if 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 Steph Curry can't walk out there on the sidelines with seven gold chains and a throwback Iverson jersey, then Mike Boonehoser's got to wear a suit. Marcus, I just want to let this you know. This is racism. Marcus, I just want to let you know that um, I think one of my favorite authors is ta Coates. I, I, I just thought I, I just want to let you know. And I kind of want to see Mike Boonehoser wearing an Iverson throwback and seven gold chains. This is the other, uh, other takeaway I have. Oh, oh, so this is like a, like a swap day kind of thing? <laughs> this is what you want to see? Swap day. It, it would be a swap day if players was allowed to dress how they want, but they're not. I'm kind of into they the market gotta, they Russell, gotta, Russell they gotta put wore a, on wore a photographer's vest. What are you talking about? Hey, I, yes, he did to the game, but not on the sidelines. I'm, I'm ca- you can wear what you want to the game. I'm, I'm saying if Steph if Steph Curry doesn't have a jacket and he sits on a bench, he's got to go grab Quinn Cook's jacket. You know why? Because there's a dress code for players. Put why, a dress code on these seventy-five-year-old white dudes. Why don't they all just keep a jacket in their locker? Why don't the coaches just wear suits with a nice shiny belt buckle? Should coaches be allowed? <laughs> should coaches be allowed to wear yeah, the it, suit, but also wear sneakers, like wear some nice Jordans or whatever they're sponsored by? Like, I think the, that's the solution. Do here. the J. A. Donde sideline reporting. I agree. Yeah, just go full J. A. Donde. Full, full of Donde. I agree. I'm I'm with it. I'm, I'm with Marcus on, the on this. There, there so, I'm with Marcus on this. Some traditions need to be upheld. To be to be to be sure, Zach. I'm not really with me, but I felt like I had to bring it. For no, Marcus, but I'm, I'm I with just, the idea Marcus, of like Marcus. wear the damn suit. I am with that. Yeah. Wear wear the damn suit. You're you're an old man. Wear the suit. We we need that. We need you wearing the suit. We're used to you wearing the suit. It's part of the the visual. We're gonna have to get back to normal after all of this. I don't want I don't want everything changed visually. I don't want virtual fans forever and i don't want coaches wearing summer league polos get get in the damn suit coaches marcus just apropos of nothing i would have voted for obama a third time <laughs> subject three and and, and and you don't believe oj did it? <laughs> no he did that he's like All right, nah, subject nah, he three like- <laughs> <laughs> testing are the test results for the nba an actual positive amin alhassan of the black opinions matter podcast on Count the Dings has brought up an interesting point that we've discussed a little and I'd like to discuss further. When the NBA announces the round of testing for around 350 players has resulted in all negative tests, we rejoice and say the bubble's working. But when the NBA isn't announcing, is that the support staff, the coaches, the media members, the Disney workers, they're not announcing any of those test results. They're leaving out roughly 2,000 people in the bubble when they announce test results. So, Marcus, is this necessary for the NBA to do, or is it strategic, or is it both? Yeah, I I kind of would leave them out, too. I mean, uh, I, the, I feel like the NBA players, because of their fame, because of their status, can survive the stigma or whatever. What, we don't even know if, if it is, if the stigma is going to last or if there will be a stigma, but whatever it is. I don't know. I just feel like they have a better chance of surviving it, uh, of overcoming it. Whereas, you know, 
the the fourth assistant coach or you know the the media rep from the NBA you know probably don't want their I, I don't know I just don't I don't want their business in the streets like that like they're they're just regular nine to five people I don't know if we should be putting their info out there like that I, I'm, I'm just not really I'm getting a call from the Chronicle right now Is, are they offering me a job the or Chronicle. Like, like they yeah, just have a number. Says, San Francisco. Yeah, literally, it just says. Hi, Marcus. It's the San Francisco, Francisco Chronicle. We just tracked down the Zodiac Killer. Like, what, what is this? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Are they offering me a job? I don't know. I'm gonna press decline because this is point of contention. But I, I just don't. I don't know if I want to know. Like that, half the NBA staff has what you got. Like, look. What if they just sent all them jokers home? And and replace it with new people. Will we even notice? Does it matter? Like, who cares? Like, like we're not paying attention to that part. And I do think their privacy is worth protecting. They're not the stars. Yeah, what Marcus was saying basically earlier on how who it happens to matters more than how many, right? Who it happens to, whether it's injuries, whether it's COVID, we're more invested in that. And hey, the NBA runs this show. It's their bubble. As long as it's not falling apart, like, the situation that the MLB had with the Marlins, um, I don't think that they need to tell us everything about everybody happening within the bubble. As long as they know, that's that's the key. As long as they know what's going on, I think that is the first order issue. And as long as it's not spinning out of control, uh, we're good. And so far, you know, so far, very impressive results with the players not getting it. Yeah, well, Marcus, if they they can announce like, hey. 30 people, 30 support staff had it and not release names, right? Like, isn't it the whole point of, of HIPAA essentially? Like they can, they could still be honest about the results or forthcoming about the results, I should say, without omitting 2000 people. And then, and then deal with that because there have been players who got it and we didn't, and we didn't find out who had it. Right. But what what would be the point of that? Like, yo, like the rest of America, a lot of people have it. Like, what's the what's the point of of letting us know which foul calls they fucked up in the final two minutes? Well, that one I don't like yeah, either. I, I have no I, point. Against, I have, I have, no, point. That one I have as well. no justification for that. I don't. Yeah, I don't ridiculous. need to know about the Disney worker or how many Disney workers have it. Although I'm, I would like to know just because I like having more information. But need to. I don't know about need to. I actually don't even like the two minute report. I think they should get rid of that. That is a tradition that they should do away with when we return to normal. Actually, that well, one then they do. Do they need to? Stay still have more test results announcements then test results announcements i mean look to quote peter goober co-owner of the warriors there are no rules but you break them at your peril that's the situation we're in currently there's no manual on any of this stuff we're all making it up as we go along and really as long as it doesn't seem like a transgression or a breach of trust in some way i think it's something that we can live with and nothing succeeds like success so far seems fairly successful and do you believe them if they did release the results mm, that's a would great you believe qu- them that's a great because they're not going to be like yo 80 percent of the staffers have it but the well, players are cool they're not wait, but that. marcus do you believe them on the player stats Ooh. Little because call, little call from Tim. Because, I definitely, I definitely question. Because why would why would you why would you let us know that players tested positive in the bubble until like unless something bad happened, right? Um, uh, right. Also, yeah, also the announcement. You're telling the, me if so, you're telling me if Jared Jackson didn't really tear his, uh, his meniscus, he's <laughs> actually yeah, got COVID. Yeah, yeah I would. Say, I mean, I would have to walk with a limp. Yeah, I've this, watched but we'll give you the max. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I would be surprised, right? Like that 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 would make that Ooh, would be very corporate that's America. That's that old school David that. that old school David Stern NBA. You know, that's that oh, that's that frozen yeah, that's, that's that frozen envelope health edition. I'm so I'm so sick of this like happy go lucky yeah. Adam Silver. Yeah. Everything's great. No, I want the nefarious. Stuff. I want the cloak and I want the dagger. That's what I want. I want to be lied and to. And the truth is, you don't NBA. get to run this. You don't run this with Pollyanna. No. You run this with gangster. This is how you get a bubble off. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. every rap song has said ever. That's what they <laughs> I remember I remember Shine talking about that. Yeah. Oh, Shine. Absolutely. Shout yeah. out Shine. Sure. Believe he did something horrible that we're not aware <laughs> yeah. of and then I was about canceled. Say, well, probably, how about, yeah, but you know, Shine of we, the rich tradition of Belizean Jews. Uh, you know, it's uh it's, yeah. it's a lot of them. It's uh oh. representing that community. Ethan said that he wanted the cloak and the dagger. Speaking of daggers, subject four, bubble mellow. Clutch shot after clutch shot has rained out of the hands of Carmelo Anthony during this restart and the essential restart of his career with the Portland Trailblazers. He's been a nice reclamation project for the Blazers this season, finally accepting the role that eluded his understanding in OKC and in Houston when he helped the Blazers take down the Rockets on national TV Tuesday night. Twitter demanded that everybody owes Melo an apology. The media, the fans, the teams who didn't pick him up, and specifically the Houston Rockets who left him in a hotel room. Ethan, do the Rockets owe Melo an apology? No. I mean, this is one game in a bubble, or I, I just, I don't understand what's going on with the Melo discourse. More disrespect. One game? What? Okay, not Have one game, him? like a few games. I, look, I, he looks good. I mean, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. But why are we so invested in shaming whatever team or whatever person didn't give Mello his due? It seems like that is part of the Twitter discourse. And I don't even see too many people actually actively shaming Mello or talking about how he's garbage. All I do know, it's become this weird analytics conversation of, oh, the analytics. I knew scouts and people whose job it was to watch a lot of game film on a couple of Mello's last stops who were saying, look, we're just going to target him on defense again and again and again, and it's going to be easy. I'm so glad that he's he's playing the Thunder or playing for the Thunder when we're going against the Thunder. It was an issue. He was not playing well. The fact that he is playing better and that there's a reclamation project is something to be celebrated. I just don't understand why it immediately becomes about how the people who were making assessments on how he was doing earlier when he was doing worse were wrong or were idiots. You know, you know why you know why people need this because fundamentally, the this generation of geniuses and they are geniuses don't quite understand how glory works, right? Uh, you don't want to alleviate the adversity. You don't want to get rid of the haters and the negative commentary because if that did not exist, there is no future glory. So, no, on behalf of Carmelo Anthony and all of his supporters, I don't want your apologies. No, he doesn't want your apologies. No, you live in your previous hate and you watch him shine all the way to the bubble finals with Damian Lillard, right? Well, you watch right. it. Oh, oh, let's let's go. Cool. You know. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, that was, you know, you're, you're running hot here, and I appreciate that. But let me ask you a question. Are you Marcus. like a big, mellow guy? I don't even remember you being a big, mellow guy. No, I, I just, I'm not a big, mellow guy. It's just like, oh, if you've ever. If, I love these, these mellow. Pe- I love I mean, I, mellow. 
I think Melo. I think Melo is always a bucket getter. I, I don't think that's changed. I still think he has defensive issues, but I, I don't like this idea of like trying to extract the negatives that happened from you because you succeeded. Like, no, you succeeded because of the negatives that happened. Like, I so, like no, it. you don't want them gone. It's like you overcame like, yourself. You didn't overcome other people having bad opinions about you. And really, it's more impressive to overcome one's own issues or one's own pratfalls than to overcome the fact that people just aren't seeing something in you. At least that's my take. I and what's what's, I, I what's better? The, garbage mellow shoes. Like they were so bad. I think they gave me <laughs> I do I do like, I, I, hey chill. I do have a pair of mellow Jordans. Don't play them. It's okay. I bought a I, I bought a pair but, of Patrick Ewing shoes. We all make terrible purchases. It, oh my God. The size of a house. It hurt my feet so badly. <laughs> of course it did. They're forty five pounds. It was unwearable. It was terrible. All right, let me ask you guys a question. Who do you got? Who's your favorite mellow? Hoodie mellow, Olympic mellow, bubble mellow, or martyr mellow? <laughs> These all sound like great martyr. trivia team names. Martyr mellow. <laughs> I'm I'm very partial to Olympic mellow, and I, I I do think how he performs in Team USA, especially in this you know except uh, not excessive like hyper patriotic country. Melo should have respect for how he shows up in the Olympics. I think like, it's I'm I think it's it. disgusting. He wasn't allowed. He wasn't invited on the previous. Disgusting. 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 Like oh, like gross. Disgusting. I like. I it's like. It's not a big deal, I, Ethan. But I was talking like, about like this on NBA radio. Stomach. I was talking about this on NBA radio back when it was happening about the Team USA and how he wasn't getting an invite. And Mark Cuban agreed with me, was listening to the radio, called in. We had a 20-minute conversation on the radio. It's not a big deal, though. I don't want you to focus on that. What were you going to say? <laughs> uh, that was quite the name drop. Uh, I, I wish I could go in a different direction of Marcus, but I do love Olympic Mellow best. Just that, that little quick release he has where it almost seems like he's pulling his hands away from the shot after he's shooting it. Like, uh, like he singed his fingers. There's just something so cool when he's... There are two players... There are two players that have that. That's when you know they're going. Yeah, it's Carmelo Anthony and it's Jason Williams. White chocolate, Jason uh, Williams. White when chocolate. When those two shot and pulled their hands oh, back immediately, yes. you knew they the were quick on fire. Snap. Like, yeah, and, the and, quick snap. And he's yeah. getting more of those when he's surrounded by stars, and it's the catch and shoot where he's doing it more often than the more deliberate getting into the post and all that. So I'm partial to Olympic Mellow. All right. Subject number five, final subject, get out and vote. That's the message for this November for many athletes, including NBA players who want to make sure social justice just isn't a briefly trending Twitter topic. But the WNBA players have taken it a step further, much to the chagrin of Atlanta Dream co-owner Kelly Loeffler, who hates the Black Lives Matter movement. Players in the WNBA wore Vote Warnock shirts before games Tuesday night. That would be in reference to Reverend Raphael Warnock, who is running opposition to Loeffler for the 2020 special Senate election. Loeffler said this about the shirts. This is just more proof that the out-of-control cancel culture wants to shut out anyone who disagrees with them. It's clear the league is more concerned with playing politics than basketball. So, Marcus, let me ask you, is an election the equivalent to cancel culture? I mean, I, yes, but it is the like constitutionally prescribed cancel culture. Like it's the real cancel culture. The current social media cancel culture is like the fake one, right? That is the the Gucci purse where the G's are backwards, right? That's the fake cancel culture. This is the real cancel culture put in 
uh, by way of elections and electoral colleges and term limits. This is literally how you cancel somebody. And we must acknowledge that WNBA players are straight up gangsters. They have always been, and they never cease to amaze with their gangsterness. They, if you come for them, they are coming for you. So and the odd part is she tried to cancel their movement, right? So she's like, yeah, cancel that Black Lives Matter stuff, but yeah, don't cancel me. Yeah, Loeffler, this is, this is, uh, this is how you get canceled the American way. Ethan, let me ask you a question here, and I don't want to put you in a tough position. But isn't there repercussions that Loeffler could have for the players for speaking out against their owner in this way? I don't know what the repercussions would be. I, I don't. I, I, their owner, Zach? We're going with that terminology? God, their owner? With what, with what Ethan would identify Jeez, with. Zach. Marcus, oh, my you God. Know how, you know Zach. Ah. Uh, yeah. I know. You got to talk to them how they hear you. Yeah, I right. You exactly. Like, you okay. can't just say any. Like, you can't say it the way you want to say it. You have to kind of bridge that gap to where <laughs> they understand. Like, Ethan, I'm sorry. Go ahead and answer. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the repercussions could be. I'm just thinking about this whole term. I feel like the term cancel culture refers to something real, but it's a very goofy and vague term. And it refers to this idea that in the social media age, mobs can get you fired or destroy your life based on comments that range from the bad to the controversial to the innocuous. But if you're a politician, you're kind of signing on to being a victim of this. I mean, they're they're the originals, you know, the, the, the they are the pre-social media cast who could get fired for arbitrary things or a position they have. Or if you're Michael Dukakis for just riding around the tank and looking goofy. So I, I don't believe that Loeffler is a victim. Um, and <laughs> the, I just the originals is great. Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just also wonder what business she thinks she's involved in, if she's at all surprised by the WNBA's politics and, and how they're going about it. I just don't I, I th- th- this would even be surprising that this would be their position. Uh, who knows? At the same time, um, I, I do have this contrarianism where I feel like there's this culturally expected, I'm just supposed to cheer on the WNBA for all things, uh, lest I fall afoul a of the cancel culture that theoretically doesn't exist. And it just gives me this this impulse to do the on the other hand or on the one hand on the other hand. And uh, I, I really got nothing. I got nothing on this one. But the contrarianism is bubbling within me. Uh, well, let me paint you into a corner then, Ethan, because this is my follow-up question. Um, so when people say, thank God the NBA or thank God basketball is back and people respond with uh, basketball is back earlier when the WNBA restarted. I mean, it's a, I, I depends. How so do you feel about those? Who are those, those people? Who's saying it? It kind of depends on the position. It kind of depends on how invested they are. I mean, I do think that there, there is this thing where the WNBA exists in the strange liminal space of limited interest from fans in terms of ratings and audience. But a little bit of protection from media criticism, like whether the NBA is doing worse is uh, the WNBA is doing worse is, is not a subject where we would say it has anything to do with how they're going about things. And I do wonder if this thing where people get blowtorched for uh, running a foul in that particular way or saying basketball is back because they're more into the NBA because the NBA is way more popular that they get attacked or Andre Iguodala, for instance, where he says the number of uh, Ariel Powers and then she goes off on him. And it, it, it just I wonder if with the WNBA, if 
there needs to be more of attack to grow the game where there's just a little more positivity about the great stuff happening as opposed to attacking people for not being on board completely, which I think we saw, we used to see more of that with soccer, men's soccer, for instance, where it was, uh, you, you know, it's not a, it's not a goalie. It's a, it's a goalkeeper. It's not hockey. And they seem to have a, a population of people who are into it in a way that was kind of scolding more so like than Kit versus Jersey. <laughs> all that, oh all that man, stuff. I, I did. I, one time I said that I was like, oh, I was like, wow, what man? That that was a pretty like one time. You don't see that too often. Oh, you clearly don't watch soccer. It happens all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not watching soccer every day. Well, my answer is usually, day. you're right. I don't, but I'm watching it here, and that's what it looked like to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I like I'll, I'll Marcus. Let me. I'll say this. I don't follow the WNBA unless it's playoff time. But it's nothing to do with the product. It's that I don't follow much of anything outside of the NBA anymore unless it's playoff time. Yeah, because wh- whatever sexist. I just don't have the capacity. I don't have the capacity. Like, I couldn't name the starting catcher on the Atlanta Braves. I watch the majority of their games. It's the only baseball I watch, and they're my favorite team. I, I just, can't remember the name of the starting catcher. I, I'm just intimidated by saying the last name of their newest star out of the Bay Area, out of the, the La Mirinda area. I'm just saying. Ionescu, baby. It's, yeah. That's, that's really Ionescu? Uh, Ionescu. Yeah. So, Ionescu? Uh, yeah, she's, here, she's pretty good. I'm just very intimidated trying to pretty, say yeah, the yeah, name. Yeah, so. Just pretty good, Ethan? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> WNBA. <laughs> she's all right. I do, I do, I do feel like um, the WNBA, like, contingency right they they do actually participate in the very behaviors they try to stop uh the 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 mindset if you're a WNBA fan or supporter you're thinking look just because it's small just because it's not as popular doesn't mean it's not like good right it doesn't mean it's not relevant we we have this way of purporting things that aren't popping to be like bad right so it's like yeah basketball is back Yes, the NBA is obviously the most popular one. Yes, you can make the case it's the better league, right? But that doesn't mean the WNBA doesn't exist. So that's their stance. But conversely, like, if you're going to take that stance, you can't, like, force everybody and, to have and, to like and, you. And people you just got to appreciate the people who do. People, you know, just like, yo, there's people who are right. And people do notice this thing where the WNBA does exist out of the largesse of the NBA. And I think that they can be put off well, by that kind of thing if. Yeah, they feel like it's being. Well, it's like it's when I worked for the up, NBA, right? but, I, I, I was quite aware that the WNBA had no real sponsorship agreements. And David Stern would say to T Mobile, whoever, look, if you get the NBA contract, please can you put your logo on the WNBA court as well. And T-Mobile or whoever else would go, yeah, sure, like no skin off our nose. It's just one more place where we put our, you know, where we put our logo, but we're really in it for the NBA contract. So you would then look at all the WNBA sponsors and they would be all the NBA sponsors. And yet the WNBA, whenever this was agreed to, would announce their new sponsorship deal. And I, I, I don't know if that's completely uh, still true today. Although as I look over the WNBA sponsors, I see some some ones that just seem... Like they're probably NBA sponsors, Budweiser, for instance, um, and maybe Jack Daniels. Well, what's wrong? What, what's wrong with that? Nothing is wrong with it. It's just this sort of sense of having anger towards people for not being on board with your league, and yet there isn't an acknowledgement that your league is also being propped up because people just kind of want to prop it up from the corporate level. I think is something that can turn people off, but maybe not. Maybe nobody cares. 
I don't know. Right. Well, what, when I when I work for CBSSports.com, any contract sold for CBS or CBS Sports then got trickled down to the .com, which no one reads, or the CBS Sports Net, which no one watches, right? I think that's just a part of business yeah, the bundling. at this point. And, and Marcus, to your point about WNBA fans, I don't think it's a WNBA fan thing. I don't think it's a hockey thing. I don't. Th- I just think it's a people thing now. You want to sh- yeah, like people are so yeah, desperate absolutely. to show that they know yeah. things and they knew them first. Yeah, that it's yeah. like I think that that's just I think that's just a culture thing at this point. I know there was a I wrote a piece on Shanae Gumake right, and there was a somebody uh, sent me a, a tweet that somebody who I don't know said, oh you know. You know, somebody just discovered the NBA. Zach, it took every ounce of temperance in my in my spirit to not spout off like every old school NBA WBA name I knew. Right? Like I would be like, you don't know Marco Dedic led the league in blocks. Like I, I'm ready to, <laughs> I was ready to go let you know that I knew first. I bit. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it, it was. That's definitely. That's definitely the 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 cachet now is to be able to say, oh, I was I was on. I this. knew, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just hipster culture has become just culture. All right, yep. closing rants, thoughts, anything, Marcus? I'll let you go first. Yeah, I could I could cede my time to the gentleman from oh. La Jolla. Okay, I got nothing. I, I forgot. I keep forgetting that we <laughs> unbelievable. Just I, mean, the rant. Unbelievable. <laughs> I forgot too. <laughs> it is like, part of the- I, I focus on. I think about the topics. You know what? And I, I I got it, guys. Let me rant about people who are unprepared or not on time for things, okay? <laughs> you waste the time of those who rant. do prepare. And yes, did maybe being 15 minutes late to this podcast allow a certain host to actually write out his thoughts on how he was going to prep every question? Yes, maybe it did. Maybe it did help. But at the same time, I would just like, if you have to have a rant at the end of a but, podcast like where you know the subjects, I'd like that rant to be prepared. Marcus and I aren't angry people by nature. We don't walk around with a bunch of rants, you know, bouncing around. Our, I, I it could even, be a prayer. It could be a moment of reflection, whatever you want it to be. I mean, last time I was complaining about I mean, I wasn't saying I didn't have a rant. <laughs> I was conceding the first to Ethan. I I, I, I all I needed was a little bit more time, Zach, to freestyle something. I'm continuing on the golf thing that gets me ripped. Uh, I did not know that Phil Nicholson is such a good YouTube golf instructor. Apparently, he's the goat of it, and I wish we had this more in it's other happening. sports where he's as good a teacher as he is a golfer and just in three minutes can just completely make you better in an effective way. And I've been very impressed. I did not know this. I did not know this about Phil Nicholson. Shout out San Diego. I regret pushing you on this. Well, see, there you go. You get golf. <laughs> you want rants? You get golf. That's how it goes. Just, Deal with it. Just because I, of I just I, I just contri- I just contrived a rant. Okay. Uh, J Cole, stop trying to take jobs from young black men. End of rant. <laughs> Marcus is going to be the winner this week. Thanks for listening to the Athletic MBA Show. Thanks for listening to Point of Contention. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Leave a five-star review on those podcast platforms. Subscribe to The Athletic. You get 40% off right now. Just go to theathletic.com and you sign up for a one-year subscription. It's like $2.99 a month. You can't afford not to do it. For Marcus Thompson, our winner. For Ethan Strauss, our golf instructor. Tanika Smothers, our producer. Jade Hoy still on vacation. I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked in on The Athletic.